on Thursday night prayer time. Amen, amen, amen. Wow. Last week, I got on some things and I just didn't feel like I got done. I, I, I respect your time and and uh, would not, you know, be fun to preach to a captive audience. I used to go to jail services and preach to them and I knew I had a captive audience. I couldn't go anywhere. I could just preach what I, but, but I never felt like taking advantage of people. And so we'll get you out of here at a decent time. So glad all of you have come. We, we like to feel like that uh, something is happening when you do come for yourself. Uh, we're not into just singing songs and, and talking to hear ourselves. We're just not into that. We trust that, that the Lord would take these words and bless you and bless your family. So I couldn't get away from last week's thought, and so I simply just feel like it's a continuation of last week. I don't even, I know that this is, might be taboo in Pentecost, but I do not have a scripture text. Maybe lightning won't strike me before I leave the pulpit by not doing that, but I will have some scriptures in here. I promise you before we get out of here. Great to see y'all. Hallelujah. If y'all told anybody that lately, I mean this morning, I know some of you still got sleep in your eyes and your hair's messed up on one side. You got pillow head. No, I'm kidding. Just take your liberty and smile at somebody. Amen. This is a fun church to preach. Bless y'all. Y'all look good over here. Y'all look good. Hallelujah. Amen. Your face value has been improved greatly already. Hallelujah. You get done fellowship and say amen. Chad, you making it up to the front. Amen. You may be seated. God bless you. We preached last Sunday about the great need in our world for heaven-sent revival. Notice, notice how I said that. We preached about a heaven-sent reign of the Holy Ghost that will settle the dust, amen, in our spirits and in our hearts. And Amen. We need a Holy Ghost outpouring. We need a revival. Now, the kind of revival that I'm preaching about and talking about, I, I, I don't want to go too slow here and get bogged down in this, but, but, but a, a preacher can't preach up the kind of revival that I'm talking about. For all you preacher folks that, that you like preachers and you got favorite preachers and, and you just put him anywhere as far as you're concerned, you know, we just have a revival. If we could just have this preacher or this evangelist, and, and I, I'm, I like good preaching as good as the next person, as well as the next person. And people who can put it together and not only say the right thing, but say it in a way that you want to listen to it. And hear. That's important. I wouldn't, I wouldn't discredit that at all. But, but we're talking about a revival that a preacher can't bring. Preacher can't preach it. A choir can't sing this kind of revival down. Amen. There's no program that can bring this kind of a revival. Amen. So we need to understand that before we get going here. It's not just a gathering of people. It's not just a crowd coming in because somebody can sing well or preach well and, and all of that has its place in the church. I wouldn't want to be without music and I wouldn't want to be about without Brother Johnson and others that sing and help him and play music. I wouldn't want to be with, but that's not what brings revival. 
that helps and that helps create the atmosphere where God will and can move because it touches our spirits, it touches our hearts, amen. But I'm talking about something that comes from God, amen. It doesn't really have to have music. It really doesn't even have to have preaching, amen. What it does have to have is a hungry, thirsty heart, amen, that realizes that it's dry and a desperate need, a desperate desire to get close to God. Elijah, we talked about it last week just a little bit. Elijah told his servant to keep looking for the cloud. Maybe some of you prayed and you're just up against the wall. Amen. You're just discouraged. That's, that's a common thing. That's what we humans, that's what we do and that's how we are. That's how we're made up. Amen. Amen. But, but you know, he said, you just keep looking. Think about it a minute. The promise of rain had been proclaimed by the prophet, yet there was no rain in sight. What do we do when it comes to that? The prophet's words, amen, amen. His servant was, I'm gonna keep praying while you go out and look again. Because that's the way, that, that's the scenario. I already looked and there's no rain in sight. Well, go back again. It's like the preacher here saying, we're gonna open this altar when the church service is over and I get done trying to preach around here. We're gonna, you, you could be saying, well, I already went to the altar and nothing happened. Well, yeah, I mean, I know you get tired of hearing, but we're gonna come back to the altar again. We're gonna do that again. Well, I've been there again and I've been there, right, just keep coming. You know, it was seven times that he sent that servant out I, you know, if there hadn't have been a cloud, I'm, I'm convinced, if that cloud hadn't have come, the prophet, the knowing the kind of person he was, he'd have probably just kept on praying. I'm not giving up. I'm not quitting. I'm not throwing in the towel. Amen, because God promised us, that's what we go by, God promised us that he was gonna send a revival. He promised that he would heal us and never leave us and never forsake us. Amen, he promised us healing and all kind of things. So you think I'm gonna just stand back just because I don't see anything or because I don't feel anything? No, thank you. Amen, amen. How long are we required to look for something that is not there? Amen. We're never gonna stop looking. In fact, we've made a lifestyle of looking. <laughs> Didn't the Bible say something about watch and pray? We're Bible people. Amen. Well, I've been praying. No, we'll start watching. Well, I've been watching. We'll start adding some prayer with that. It said watch and pray. There's some folks who just watch. They just watch and wait. Add some prayer to that. A prayer of faith. And there's some folks on the other hand just pray all the time. I love to see people put their, in fact the prophet put his face in, on the ground between his knees. He just fell on his face and began. I love to see that. You don't see that very often anymore. I, people do it right here in this altar. They come to the altar and just fall on their face. I love to see that. And they just pray and they just pray. Well, why don't we just get up after a season of prayer and then look a while. You'll be surprised what you might see. Amen, Brother Johnson talked about the new faces here. Amen, people showing up. Well, it blesses me. Sometimes I pray for some of you on the way to church. I'm like, Lord, I know they're on their way right now. I'm trusting that they're on their way. Take care of them. And I can look up, 
about that time, Brother Lean, and I'll see those same folks walk in the door, and I thank you, Jesus. I want them to, I'm a shepherd, I have a shepherd's heart. I want people to be in the house of God, amen. I don't know what they're fighting, what kind of devil have, has attacked them, and so I'm praying for the opening, for the blessings of the Lord, and I, and I do it on Sunday morning. Help them, God, bring them to church, amen. So pray and look, nothing wrong with that, amen, not gonna stop looking. Amen. We, we just, it's part of the way we are, who we are. Amen. There are those that I pray for on a regular basis. Now, your, your mind's going to take off right here to surrender to the Savior's call. While my human nature says, they ain't never coming to your church. They will never bow their knee at an altar. They're just not that kind of person. They're the, they're the people who just come and with the, if they do come, they're gonna just kind of, guess what? I have other people say, I've made a habit of this. I've had folks say, so-and-so, they've been to church. They said they were never coming back. I've, I, I've got an automatic switch somewhere in my spirit that refuses that. I'm not, I'm not accepting it. You can accept, oh, oh my God, they said they're coming back. Oh, they're mad, they left, they probably, we offended them somewhere, you know. And, and, you know no, no, don't accept that. Now, there's some folks who've been gone a long time. <laughs> my, te- my faith is being tested, but I choose not to believe. You know, first off, if I offend anybody, I certainly don't intend to do that. So intent is very important, all right? It's like if you shoot somebody and you go before a judge, he wants to know if you intended to kill him or you just, the gun went off and the intent is important. And so I'm not saying I'm never gonna offend anybody and cross up, but that's not my intentions. And God sees that, the great judge, he looks at that. And you know what, sooner or later, if they figure out, you know, the preacher's preaching, he's trying his best, he's trying to create a revival spirit, he's trying to help us. It just didn't come out right. It didn't say, you know, so sooner or later, people are gonna figure out, we, we, we meant well when we did what we did. We might've been out of timing just a little bit, uh, you know, or might've off a little bit, but, but we were trying our best to get the job done and bless people and bless the church and smart people are gonna figure that out and that's what I'm praying for. I'm still looking out over the, over the sea for that little cloud Still don't see anything in, in some folks' case, but then we have seen folks come back, show back up. Wasn't as bad as I thought it was. You know, you know. Uh, next week, we're gonna teach a lesson on the church standards here. I'm gonna take a little time out right here. You have standards? Sure we do. The military has standards. If you get a job down at the local bank, they'll have dress codes for you. Police department has standards. Anything, any, you know, the ambassadors, in fact, Paul said we are ambassadors for Christ. We don't send our ambassador to China. We don't send him over there in cutoffs. We make sure he's got a haircut, looks good if he's a man. He's an ambassador. He represents the United States of America. So yes, we have standards, but we still have people 
Amen. Brother Chad, they call this church every once in a while or call me and they wonder what they're supposed to wear. Is anything I have to wear? Nope. Now, if they don't have a shirt on or something, we'd probably, you can't even buy a burger at McDonald's without a shirt and shoes. I'm talking about within reason. But somebody has left here, Brother Chris, because they are mad because we set a standard for them. Isn't that ridiculous? Everybody's got standards. I love to see the military, any branch of the military, I love to see the, the military in its dress clothes and, you know, and they're, they, they have a, wouldn't it be weird if you got one guy in there? And he loves the army, but he don't want to dress like that. I'm not, no. Can you see a drill sergeant dealing with him? They make no joke about it. Well, we're in God's army. In fact, the Bible said, put on the whole armor of God. Put it on and wear it. Be proud of it. But our folks, you know, they're wondering, but somebody left here because we told them they needed to act a certain way and dress a certain way, present themselves to the world because we have, we are witnesses. I'm off on a little track here right now, but I'll just deal with this. Amen. You know, but they never get it right. You go online and look under the UPC, it's horrible what they say about us. I mean, you can see everything in the world. Don't do that because they never get it right. Nobody in this church, nobody in our movement that I know of says it's gonna be, you're gonna be lost if you don't dress like us and act like us. In fact, we don't even call them holiness standards anymore because holiness to you, or, and that's separation, it's different from what it is to me and everybody else most probably. It's just our standards. It's Christian Revival Center standards. Why? Amen. Because we are trying to present ourselves to a lost world that's confused. We want to look right and we want to be modest. But anybody can come to this church. You can dress ever how you want. Nobody's required. But see, you no, know, the people say it wrong. Oh, they require this. They, we don't require anything. You know what, if you did line up, if I did set a strong set of rules and you did line up, the first little stumble or speed bump you come to, amen, it wouldn't last because in your spirit, and your mind, you'd say, well, I didn't want to do that anyway, that's the preach. But if you come in here in the spirit of the Lord, this revival that I'm talking about, you watch out, God will put some convictions on you, not condemnation, but convictions on you, and it won't be a preacher curry thing, it'll be a you and God thing. God will convict you and the preachers can come and go and the standards can go up and down but you got your conviction directly from the Lord. That's what we pray about. Amen. We've got a standard. Amen. It's kind of a general thing here. Amen. Amen. But, but anybody can come to this church. <clears throat> Hallelujah. But our human nature comes in here. Amen. It tells us all kind of things while we're looking for our, and we won't quit. It'll tell us that folks are not interested in this. Everything from they're too well off, they're too classy, amen, or to, the, to they're too far gone or too broke. But you know what? We just keep looking and praying. We are not gonna give up on our prayer time. We're not gonna stop believing. That's part of our faith. We just keep on looking and praying. Hallelujah. Amen. I'll just be like Cornelius. The Bible said that Cornelius prayed until his prayers came up as a memorial before God. They went right up to heaven 
And there it was right in front of God. Every time God woke up every morning, there was that Cornelius prayer coming up. Until God, he almost acted like he didn't want to do it. But he said, I can't get around this memorial. So he sent an angel down, amen, to find out what Cornelius wanted and sent him to an apostolic preacher, the man who had the keys to the kingdom. I'm telling somebody here today that you are in a personal drought and your victory is not quite complete. And this is a test of your faith. Will you accept that? Amen. You keep praying and you keep looking and you look with expectation. Amen. Hallelujah. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Get some dreams and hopes in your spirit. Make you a list of things that you want God to do for you. Amen. And begin to pray, amen, use that faith that you got. Everybody has a measure of it. It only takes a mustard seed size of faith to move a mountain and cast it into the sea. Hallelujah, amen, amen. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. You can't see it. So when, when the prophet sent the guy out, amen, he sent him out by faith. Not by what he could see. There was a drought going on in the land and uh, you know, there was just no reason for it to rain. Somebody brought out, in <clears throat> recent preaching, maybe it gather, amen. At least we need to know where to look. I've been around for 40 something years, you know, in this gospel and it was brand new to me. And he says, he brought out the fact that he said, look out over the sea. Now the sea is not rain, or at least it's not in the form of rain yet. But that's where rain comes from. It was in a different form, amen. Listen, rain, it, actually, it's not rain, but it's water. It's in swamps and lakes and ponds and rivers and, and, and the, and the rain, when, it, when, when the, the atmosphere draws it up, that becomes the rain. And so sometimes when we're looking, we need to ask God, amen, his leadership and say, Lord, help me look in the right direction. Because right. probably, amen, there may be a cloud about like a man's hand. That's what the, the man finally saw, amen. But if he'd have been looking off out across the desert somewhere, he wouldn't have, he'd have missed it somehow. It wasn't very big, amen. But if we learn how to look in the right direction, Amen, I know where to look, hallelujah. The Holy Ghost is helping me and teaching me, amen, to look in the right places. It may not be rain yet, amen, but it can become rain after a while. Come on, let's clap our hands to him one more time. <clears throat> hallelujah. Let, let, let me help some of us right here, right now. Let me help some of us. Revival isn't shouting. Now, that can be shouting at a revival, but, but that's, that's not a revival just because we're making noise. Revival is weeping. It's brokenness. It, it, it's like I, I've gone as far as I can go. Amen, amen. Revival isn't crowds. I said it a while ago. A circus can draw a crowd. You, just because somebody's got a crowd, that doesn't mean there's a revival. Revival is an individual reaching out to God. Now, what we have to get to is this. We have to convince people that they need God. Talked about it a little bit in the, in the class uh, this morning. Amen. People, everybody is saved now. Nobody, you know, they can just think they're saved and that obviously saves them. 
I've been, I've been going to funerals for years and a funeral is not the place to tell their, the loved ones of a, of a deceased person that he's gone to hell. That's not the place to do that. <laughs> if you don't want to get shot, you know, because that's the time when people are broken and hurt. And, but but, but it's, not the t- it's not time for us to start believing that everybody that did anything good and was nice to somebody maybe, it's, it's not the time for us to give in and just leave out all of this scripture and all the word of the Lord that tells us what we have to do, very clear, what we have to do to be saved. And then this person down here didn't do any of that and we just preach them right into heaven. Listen, it's not our job to preach anybody into heaven or hell. They live their life here, they obey or disobey. You know, we want to say good things. We want to encourage and bless the, the, the loved ones that are still alive and around. Uh, but, 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 you know, our job is, is, is not to put somebody, uh, you know, listen, we can assure people that that person is in the hands of a just God. God will treat them right. But we can't just roll on past and act like the scripture doesn't exist. Amen. He left us explicit directions in here. What He gave a man the keys to the kingdom. He said, Peter, whatever you bind on this earth, I'm gonna bind it in heaven. How, how clear can you get? Whatever you loose on earth, I'm gonna loose it in heaven. Listen, he gave him power and authority to tell people what to do to be saved. Listen, when you die, you won't meet St. Peter at the gate. No, you go to Acts chapter two and you'll meet St. Peter there with the keys to get into the kingdom. What is the kingdom? Paul expressed it this way. He said the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but it's peace, righteousness, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Now, if you wanna get in the kingdom of God and that's how you get from there is where you go to heaven, whether you're saved or not, amen, is in the kingdom of God. That's where you start, amen. Then let's just get in the book of Acts and in the instruction book and to find out how to do it, amen. Because people are not going, you can say them in heaven all you want. That doesn't put them there. Sorry. <laughs> Hallelujah. So a revival, the only way to get that, amen, is a person that's seeking after God. And re, I mean, so you have to say, you know, I, I, I need to do something. I need to, I need to find out what I need to do. There's instructions in here. And revival doesn't begin in the atmosphere. It begins in the heart. I feel that tugging and that hunger, amen, that uh, I recognize the spirit now, amen, but I promise you, Amen, if you're thirsty enough, amen, you will find him, you will find God. I'm weary of hearing that our world needs revival and our churches needs revival. And There's people that do that. They think we can only have the revival if we all do it together. That's a good thing if we have a, a landslide revival or, or hearing people say our homes need revival. This is all true and we all do, that's a, that's a true thing, amen. Yet I can't bring revival to any of these. I can only bring God's rain cloud over my personal need. And we get folks coming in here and not looking at everybody else and not trying to decide if the preacher preached as good this week as he did last week. If we come in here with the intent, God, I've got to touch you again. I've got to reach you again. I'm inviting you in my heart. Why? Because I'm hungry for you. I need you. I can't do this on my own you'll have a personal revival. And it won't matter what anybody else is doing around here. In fact, you can come when nobody's here but just you and God. 
I did it this week. What'd you do? Well, I just prayed through. Hallelujah. Just ask him to forgive me again. Talked in tongues all by myself. Just me and God. I can become freer, more free when I'm by myself. There's some, some things I can say to God that I don't want anybody else hearing. That's why we need private prayer, personal prayer. Find you a spot. Find you a place. That's, and you can have a personal revival. You know what will happen? This is strange. A little psychological here. If you walk in here, you could, and I've seen it, and I've been there. You could walk in the driest, deadest church. And you can have the preacher that couldn't preach his way out of a wet paper bag. And guess what? You'll think everybody's having revival. Isn't that amazing? I, I, I'm gonna get in your head just a little bit right here. You can get professional Christians, especially if special, you know, professional Pentecostals. They know about good preaching. They know about good singing. You talk about kill their spirit. You get off key just a little bit. You get off track just a little bit, at least in their eyes. Listen, they, they won't get anywhere. They'll just, these are the kind of people that think everybody else is the problem. I'm gonna do my normal thing here. As long as somebody else is the problem, it's their fault, it's the preacher's fault, it's the deacon's fault, it's this and Sunday school teacher's fault, then you'll never get past the problem. You have to claim ownership. Take ownership to whatever's going on in your life. This is about me and my God. It's not about anybody that sits near me. It's not about what the preacher preaches. I wish you could preach better. I wish you could do, you know, well, thank you for that, amen, but... But, but, you know, I can have me a revival here. I can, ha I can have me a revival, but it will change my outlook on everything and everybody. You know what? I, let me tell my story again. I'm, I apologize for repeating this. Some of you have heard this before, but I just felt like that, that just, you know, it's just something somebody needs. There was a time in my life, Brother Green, that I felt that all the people, and I came out of the Bible Belt, where you lived holy, dressed holy, you talk right, spit white, kind of a deal. I mean, fresh air was wrong. And so you just had to do, you had to be holy. And, and some of that's still in there. I'm, 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 God's working on a lot of that. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm allowing for the 30-fold Christians now. When before I wouldn't, they, you know, if they didn't a hundredfold, if they didn't sell everything out, you know, was it church seven days a week, then they was lost. They were, you know, so, so I, I'm, I'm changed somewhat, but, but early in the early days I had a, a, you know, we had a group of people, pretty good sized group. And, and, uh, you know, it, my flesh or the devil or both began to tell, began to talk to me and I was listening to it. And this is what they said. All them people you got coming in here, ain't none of them going to be saved. You got a group here. You got a crowd? They all know. All of them's going to hell. <laughs> you just got all this. And, and, and Bishop, that, that, that worked on me after a while. I wasn't telling anybody. That, that, that's why we need a revival. We think different. Our human nature doesn't take over. Amen. Some of you right here, right now, you think you're spiritual. I can't express how far you are from God. 
Just throw that in right there. I can't, I can't express how far you're missing it right now by the way you're thinking. You need to put on the helmet of salvation and that's not in my notes right here because something's in your head and it's stealing your personal revival. If you don't watch out, it'll steal your kid's soul. It'll steal your grandkids. Amen, because you're looking for some great powerful, but that church or that preacher's always somewhere else. He's always way off somewhere and you can't get there. Everybody there, oh, if I could just get, no, no, there's one right here, amen, right near you. You could get your kids and your, if you got, if you baptize your brain in the Holy Ghost, but I got, I was, I was discouraged over this to say the least and my, nobody's gonna be saved. You know, you got them all, you got them, you ducked them down under the water in Jesus and you call the right name and you're preaching the right message, but look at them. <laughs> oh, but thank God, amen. The spirit of the Lord began to move on me after a few days. It took a while. The enemy's doing just what he does, discourage us to the point where we're just gonna walk out. We just, why, why am I wasting my time? I need to take my Bible and just throw it over on the shelf somewhere, amen, and find me another job because I'm not doing any good. But let me tell you something. The word of the Lord, you cast it on the sea. Amen. You put it out there. It won't come back void. It's not my job to save you. Amen. I'm not going to police you and look at it. Some folks do that. They think their job is to come as soon as they sit in the church. They start looking around. And let me tell you something. In this place, you will find some things that won't be just right. If you, if, you, if you think you, you have to look, no, you don't have to get the magnifying glass out. It's easy to see our problems and our faults, but, but God began to tell, he spoke to me and said, yes, I, you're not gonna save them, no, and they are lost without, but I'm gonna take care of that. I, I'm gonna take care of that for you. Why don't we let God, why don't we just keep looking for that cloud? It's not here yet. No, no, it, it, uh, the story, you know how the story ended. It, there was a cloud sooner or later. There was a cloud burst. It started out with just a little cloud. It wasn't a big black dark cloud rolling in and light. No, 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 none of that. The servant finally came back and said, I see a little old cloud, but it's just about like a man's hand out there. Well, that's not, that's all we need. That's all it takes. Amen. We're going to have a shouting service and a praise and a worship service just because we saw something. Come on, let's clap our hands. Hallelujah. In Palestine, in the Bible country, amen, there are two periods of rain called the former and the latter rain in Scripture. Amen. The former rain is associated with the planting of the crops in the spring and the latter rain is associated with the harvesting of the crops in the fall. Amen. The harvest. Boy, there's been a, there's been a season of planting in our world. Amen. With, with technology now, it's going out all over the world. This Holy Ghost message, amen, with the printed page, with, and again, the technology, it's just going to every corner and crevice of our world, amen. And the harvest is in the fields and it's been planted, it's growing, the harvest is there and, it, and it's getting ready to rain, amen. I said it's getting ready to rain. You may not see the cloud yet. It, it, it may be bleak to you and the, and the sun may be shining down and, but, but, but it, it, it's because it's a promise. We, we don't see it 
literally, but we see it in our, we choose to see it. We're looking, and I think we're looking in the right place. Amen. And so uh, it's, it's ready to rain. And we've had the former rain, and now we are praying and looking for the latter rain. And the Bible tells us that it will be greater than the former. Now, there's all kind of analogies and types, and there's people who say, that's just what that means. No, it's just type. It's a type. In type, the former rain came on the day of Pentecost. 3,120, the Bible said, received the baptism of the Holy Ghost in one day. Then 5,000, it was poured out upon them the following day. And on and on through the book of Acts, it was just a steady outpouring, different depending on who you read or who, who you talk to. But, but they say the Jerusalem church had as many as 80,000 members. Holy Ghost filled. Jesus says before the Catholics came along and began to change the baptism and all these things, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus for the remission of their sins. Now that was the former reign and God said this latter reign is gonna be greater than the former reign. It, it's a promise to me This written in God's word. Hallelujah. Amen. So, so right in the middle, amen, of what you're going through right now, all the things that we are disappointed about, all the prayers that we feel that God is ignoring, you know, we call them unanswered prayers. But, but you know what? No, no. Here's my take on it. God answers every one of our prayers. He says, yes, and that's the only ones we count. But sometimes he says, there's two other things. He says, no, and he says, wait. But to, to the no and the, wait, and the wait answer, we say, God didn't, he didn't answer my, yes, he did. He just, he just didn't give you the answer that you needed or wanted. Hallelujah. He just said, no. You know, I remember when I was a teenager, we had to work for what we got. We didn't have stuff. Now, now that we had, we had plenty of food and, and clothes, but we wanted things. We just had to work for it, Sister Nicole. <laughs> I think that's good training to, to teach your kids. You want something, they just go to work. That's good. You go, go make you some money and buy it. That's fine. But I remember when I was a teenager and my dad wouldn't sign a banknote for me to buy a motorcycle. And I said, Dad, why? why? He said, I don't want to be responsible for helping you get something that'll kill you. He knew my nature. <laughs> See, he knew me. Brought me into this world and watched me grow up and he knew that two wheels would have, you know, it was no challenge. So I'd have been on the back wheel. I'd have been doing all kinds. He knew that and he just would not. Amen. He's no, I'm not doing no. I'm not signing that note for you. It wasn't much. It's three or four hundred dollars or five or feel what it was. He wouldn't no, not doing that. And he just disappointed me. My, probably it's why I'm here today. <laughs> 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 
Fathers do know. They know their children. Amen. God will not give us things that we don't need. He won't. Amen. He's looking out for his people. Amen. Man was created in God's image and was given certain distinct powers. Now, you know, I want to just read this because I feel like this is going to really help somebody right now. Amen. The power to imagine as well as the ability to define and then establish reality. I said something about this a little bit. I touched on this in the lesson this morning. I want you to get this before we get out of here. I'm almost done. Amen. What is reality? How does life appear to you? Took this right out of a book, all right? Fits right into what we're talking about. The dictionary defines reality as that which is real. What's well, deep, in it? Amen. An actual thing, situation, or event. This is the objective analysis of reality. What it is. But reality... It's not just objective. There, there's also a subjective or, a, or there is a personal side to reality which is rooted in our feelings, in our attitudes, and eventually in our beliefs. From this perspective, life has dished out as we have believed. How we see it. That's a reality to us. Think about it a moment. Think about Think about a person that's in some remote South America or Africa, some kind of wilderness, and they live in a hut. They kill their meals and raise their meals out in the dirt somewhere. They hardly wear no clothes. You compare that life, that guy there, and then you go to New York City, and you go downtown and some businessman in a suit, the way he travels is he, you know, he travels on the subway or in a cab somewhere. You think their perspective on life is not different? Two men. That's what I'm talking about. It's because their environment is what they've been brought up in. So they feel it. It's there. So what one guy believes, it's real in his world. And it's right in his world. But the other guy, he couldn't live like that, couldn't dress like that, he couldn't travel like that. It, it, so we're, let, can I spiritualize this just a little bit? Amen. In this personal side this, of reality, what seems real to one is often unreal to another. I, I, don't, know, I don't know how all the I don't, I don't know all the reasons why some are always upbeat, positive, feel good, love everybody, while others, they just seem, can't seem to ever get out of the pit. Maybe it's how you look at things, how you see things. Maybe a parent or a teacher mistreated you in some way. Maybe, you know, it does have an effect. Or told you you had a learning disability or maybe you failed in the first grade like I did. My kids have had more fun out of that. They won't let up on that. I'm pushing for Chad to do better and graduate. And he said, you know, he just comes used to. He, he's outgrown. Well, you failed in the first grade. <laughs> Amen. But I do know that God said, ye shall, ye shall know the truth. And what will that do? The truth shall set you free. Sister Melissa, I need you to get on up here pretty close. 
Hey man, I'm almost done. I promise y'all. Man, I'm quitting early. I'm, don't y'all love me for that? I'm blessing y'all. Y'all gonna love me for that? Y'all probably gonna pay double ties now just because of this. I'll make all kind of money. I can get a new car and everything if I just keep preaching shorter. <laughs> the Bible says that he is an ever-present help in time of trouble. You know, I love how David Wright did that at the funeral the other day. Love that. I've preached that all over, but he just, he just said it right. It didn't say that he was some distant God out on a throne somewhere in the wild blue yonder. No, no, no. The Bible said he is an ever-present help. That's, that's saying nobody but you, Lord. We're going to pep it up. All right? Boy, that's, I do know that. I can stand on that. I can build my house on that. Hallelujah. He has promised to never leave us or forsake us. Now, that's a reality to me. Now, here's a very important principle right here built on this statement I just made here that we could learn from. Whatever a society agrees upon and establishes through consent, compromise, and constant use will ultimately define reality to them. Understanding this, this precept here it's very, very important because as we come into agreement with the principles and standards of the kingdom of God, our whole definition of society is going to change. So, I, you know, people are supposed to come in here and feel like we're weird. It's what they've been brought up in and around. The, oh, watch out for those people. They go off the deep end. Watch out for this and watch out. We had a lady, I taught a Bible study. Her dad told her she'd gone to some spirit-filled church. Her dad told her, don't I? They said it was exciting and people clapped their hands. And her good man, good man, he said, don't you ever raise your hands in church. Was he a bad person? No, 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 good man. But see, his perspective on life Somebody had put fear in him. Somebody said, oh boy, those people are dangerous. It's what they've been taught. It's what's been poured in them. So when people walk in here, hey, you know, I told somebody the other night, I said, you know, we, we ain't had Pentecostal church until somebody got mad and left or scared and left. Walked out on us, thought we were nuts. We didn't even had church right. Because when they first poured it out on Pentecost, they said, the first people, it says, these people are drunk with new wine. That's, that's, the, that's the first response. These people are crazy. You know? And so, so when, you, when you become Pentecost, you get experience with God and you become hungry for God. You get addicted to God. I've got to be in a worship service. I've, I've got to praise Him. You know, it's, it's part of who I am now. Amen. And that becomes a reality to us. A biblical example, let's all stand right here. Biblical example is found in Genesis 11 and 6, only, only scripture I gave y'all, even the whole deal. I'm reading my, my text in the end of, the, end of the preaching. And the Lord said, behold, they are one people and they have all one language and this is only the beginning. I'm, I'm reading the Amplified to be a little different from what you've got up here. Amen, only the beginning of what they will do. And now nothing they have imagined 
they can do will be impossible to them. Now this is what God said about the ungodly Babylonians. He said, whatever mankind imagined they can, they can, or the other way, had a potential to accomplish it. That, that's, that's the word of the Lord. And so you think I'm gonna stay down and stay broke and stay sick? By the way, I got a good report from the doctor uh, the other day, thank you, Friday, thank you for your, your faith. It was your faith that did it. Can I just can I just confess to you? Can I just confess to you that that what little bit of faith I've got sometimes it wavers and goes somewhere. I don't know where it goes, but I'm like, I'm in the doc. You know, the little nurse said, You gotta sit right here, Mr. Curry, and we're gonna take your blood pressure. I said, You know that every time I come in here for this checkup, you know my blood pressure goes up a little bit. See, it just tells the story. You know, we can look cool and look suave and look like we got it all together. They take that blood pressure, like, you know, like I'm like a deer in the headlights. You caught me, you got me. I am scared. And where you have fear, you have no faith. So thank you, amen, for blessing us and praying for your pastor. I give you and God all the credit and all the, it wasn't my great, wonderful faith that did that, amen. But God, I, I, I'm just, I, you know, I want my perspective to be right. How do you do that? You line it up with the scripture. That's how you, that's what we're talking about here. And we're talking about ultimately what that's gonna bring about is a revival. And if the church has revival, good. If we have 5,000, that's a wonderful thing. I don't know what I do, amen, but I'm just thinking, you know, that would be great. But you don't have to have that. You and God can have a revival. I get four, five, six, seven, a dozen or two doing that, then guess what? The rest would take care of itself. Now, amen. Now, we can, we can at some point get our finances in order. What are you talking about? I'm talking about people that struggle. Let's keep watching and praying and looking for that cloud. You, I don't know who you got around you. Maybe you've programmed yourself to just be negative. Well, we might as well give it. No, that's not what we do. Amen. I, I, I'm gonna keep preaching to you. If you've got faith, you can move that mountain. You can stop the mouths of the lions. You can open up a Red Sea and walk across. Amen. Where there seems to be no hope, no way. God said he would make a way. That's what we're going to preach around here. Amen. This marriage can make it. I'm talking about what a revival will do. And be happy in the process. The world is not going to win in this battle for our kids and our grandkids. You can give up on it if you want to. And it does look bad at times. But no, God promised me. Brother Huntington, we took our kids, every one of them, all three of them, amen. We stood before a preacher and an altar and we dedicated them to God. And here's the way we pray now. Sister Allison, this is how we pray. God, remember now, it's your deal. I gave them to you. You can take all that load on yourself if you want, amen. And you can take tranquilizers and sleeping pills and, and, and do whatever you want, amen. When you come back to it, all still is there. It's not my deal, Lord, you know, 
We gave them to you. So Lord, what you gonna do with your son? What you gonna do with your daughter? What you gonna do with your grandkid, Lord? I'm telling you how to get out from under this thing that's crushing us. And when you get crushed, you ain't gonna win nobody to Jesus. Because nobody wants what you got. That's why he wants to put us on the top of things. Amen. He wants us to be the head and not the tail. I'm not, I'm not preaching some name it and claim it message here. I, you, know, I, you know, I don't want to be rich. I mean, I might want to try it just a little bit, but for a little while, but just kidding. <laughs> I'm talking about God taking care of his people. It's a promise. Listen, while we're at it here, let me, let me just prophesy something else. Amen. You know, we're going to pay for this property around here. The devil didn't like it from the very start. Very start. Amen. Didn't like what we was doing. But we're about to pay for these facilities. But, and not only we just want to pay for this and maintain, I, God's going to help us build some new facilities. I can't wait to get some new paved parking lot around here. Let me tell some of y'all. The enemies attack us a few times around. Could I just get you to go ahead and quit fighting the enemy? Will you fight me and you fight these folks here? Listen, you're fighting God and you're gonna lose. Come on, if you can't win, why don't you join and help us get this work of, of God's kingdom done? Amen. I hope I live long enough. I don't want to get you in debt up to here. I'm with you. I don't want to be that. But I feel like, listen, God's got some ideas that we hadn't thought of yet. I mean, let me just throw one out here. I'm going a little longer than I suppose. It's just 12 o'clock. Let me, let me give you some ideas. You know, we was having, I was having lunch. My wife was out of town. I was having lunch with Brother and Sister Green. And I wept. I, I, I teared up. Amen. And they said, you know, nobody really cares about us. And it's just off the cuff. This is to me. I'm just feeling like I'm throw this out here. We're going to talk about paying for stuff. Listen, we don't want a dime you got, a nickel you got if you don't want to give it. You got to get that straight right now, all right? Whether it's for the youth, for his youth condos, a lot of fundraising. You don't want to give, don't give. I'd rather you not give and have a good spirit than give and then be mad about it and claim this church is just about money. You don't want to pay your tithes, don't pay your tithes. You'll face God with that. Amen, not me, okay? But we sat at the table at Barker's and they said, you know what? Nobody really cares about us. Our kids don't really check on us. When we die, we're going to wield whatever we got to the church. Whatever we got, it's going to go to the church because the church is our only friend. The church stands with us and stood with us and blessed us. Maybe the Holy Ghost just wants to drop something in some of your spirit and your heart right now. You know what? When I die... This is what Brother Green can say. When I die, the devil can feel like him with what money I got and with my house, if it brings anything, guess what? I can be in the grave and still say, ha ha, guess what? I'm helping build the church. Amen, my money is blessing the kingdom of God. I die and the church is still gonna win. I'm winning. I'm telling you, God's got plans. God's got an idea, and the devil can't stop them. You can't stop them. I can't. All we can do is just say, okay, God, you know, we're just going along for the ride here. Amen. We're going to look for that cloud no matter how clear the sky is. And he just keeps opening doors. He'll not only do it for this church, but he'll do it for individuals. You're his friend. He's your friend that sticks closer than a brother. Amen. And you can be broke and he's still there. 
Amen. That's how revival works, folks. Amen. Some, somebody's about to get a burden for the bus ministry. Felt this last night and jotted it down on my notes. Let me say that again. Somebody is about to get a burden for bus ministry. There's some kids and adults that would be in this church today if they had a ride. Somebody pull up, amen, every Sunday morning and say, hop on. I'll give you a free ride to church. And I'll, Listen, let me just say this. Some folks don't want to, they don't want to get that deep in this thing. That's too much sacrifice. I know, I know. It's work. Amen. While everybody's going to lunch on Sunday after church, you'll be out delivering people to their house again. You'll be eating late lunch. I understand that. We don't want nobody to volunteer if you're not willing to work. And we don't want nobody to volunteer that can't be on time. You got to roll out on Sunday morning. You got to get in that bus or that van. Somebody's got to be able to, somebody will be depending on you. So I'm believing God spoke to me and said somebody Amen. One van's not going to be enough. That means we're going to have to buy another one, and then we're going to have to buy another one. That's what revival does. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm done. Amen. No telling what's going to happen. You know, people get to work. We ain't got time to gripe. When you get to, when this church became, becomes your church, won't be talking about it so freely. Like, oh yeah, no, 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 no. That's my church. Yeah. They used to tell us when you get, if you're too busy, if you're busy rowing, if you're busy pulling this thing, you ain't got time to rock the boat. Let's put our shoulder to the wheel. Let's put our nose to the grindstone. Let's show up early. Let's get our personal revival where nobody had to pray us through. In fact, we're gonna turn that around and we're gonna be here to help get somebody else. Cause we already prayed through. We're gonna get somebody else prayed through. We're gonna help somebody. Come on, let's clap our hands to the Lord. Amen. All you need is Jesus. All you need is Jesus. Hallelujah. Sing it with us and I'll help. Y'all lead and I'll just join in. You. We don't need nobody but you. Well, when I was in trouble.